1: Hi, my name is Stan Pons, and I'm the president of Florida Bible College and the radio host here of Make It Clear. I am so glad that you can join us today because I want you to meet a very good friend of mine who really loves the Lord with all of his heart, soul, and mind, and who has been tremendously talented by the Lord. And he's using that talent to bring that precious message of salvation to people locally, nationally, and globally. And you'll be glad that you're here because you're going to hear his story, which is really God's story in his life. My friend today, and I hope will now be your friend too, is Joe Castillo. Welcome to our program, Joe.
2: Thanks so much, Dan. It's good to be here and uh, good to get a chance to talk to you. Uh, We won't talk about how many years it's been since we've been together, but it certainly has uh, been a few, and I'm glad that we've reconnected.
1: It has been a while, but you know, it's so good to get together again, and there's always when you're loving the Lord and in the Lord's work that He kind of brings us together, and it's almost like where we left off, but only a lot more stories between then and now, and I know that the future is so bright, especially for you, Joe, and what God is doing, so why don't you share with us, first of all, how did you come to faith in Christ,
2: and He became your Savior? How did that happen? It's sort of interesting. I was born and brought up in Mexico City. Uh, My dad had come to faith in Southern California, but he was Mexican. And so obviously there was a little bit of a divide in the family and that he'd been brought up in a Catholic family. And my mother had been brought up in a Protestant uh, family, but my father had been the one to really come to the Lord. And so when I was about 14 years old, I was invited to uh, a Christian camp uh, down south of Mexico City. And it just so happened that they had a chalk artist that came did a chalk drawing of Jesus and gave the gospel Mm -hmm. of how I could have eternal life by putting my faith in Christ. And so at 14 years old, I put my faith in Christ, and I know that's changed the entire trajectory of my life.
1: And it really has, too. It's interesting to hear how that hearing the word, knowing the word, and then also visually seeing the word as it's described in a wonderful chalk art. I'll tell you that that really captures a lot of our different uh, senses so that we're
2: really captured by what is being said. Isn't that true? Uh, it's absolutely true and of course, uh, you have to realize that that I'm a huge advocate of using visuals, of using the arts, uh, in sharing the gospel and we're living in such a visual generation, uh, people that have been brought up entirely on visuals, on television and videos and uh, now the internet and so being able to reach them is gonna be really critical to use uh, you know, video casts and uh, things like this. So it
1: intrigued you when you saw it up on the screen or up on the stage as they were putting all this color together, and then an image, and it was telling the story of Christ. But then how did you find out a little bit more
2: about the talent that God gave to you? How did that begin to emerge in your life? Uh, Well, actually, when people introduce me, and they introduce me as an artist, I tell them it's true but it's not my fault because my mother was an artist. My father was an artist. My aunt Carolyn was an artist. I even had an uncle named Artie. <laughs> my, my mom swears that my first solid food was Crayola crayons. And so I got dragged to museums and art shows and events my entire life. So really I didn't have a whole lot of choice in, in becoming an artist. Uh, actually, when I was uh, 15, my father passed away. Hmm. And the very last thing he said to me, mm-hmm was Joe, I think you should be an artist. Mm. So my, my path, mm-hmm. um, on the one hand from my family and the, the, the roots that I had in Mexico and, um, and all of the places that I'd been, uh, to what God had instilled within me mm-hmm. to, to move into the arts. And that's kind of the way it happened.
1: Well, you mentioned how that you had gone to a camp that was done by Florida Bible College and there was hundreds of kids that came to it, of course, and all over the country and then you came to faith in Christ. But then what else happened after you went to the camp? You were only 15 at the time, if I remember correctly, you said. So why don't you share a little bit about what happened from 15 to perhaps 18 in those high school years, junior Mm -hmm. high
2: high school? What happened then? Well, obviously finished high school. Um, It was during my years in high school that I got involved with uh, what is now known as the ranch ministry and attended ranch. Mm -hmm. I had a good friend named, Danny Strive, and he and I piled up together and rode motorcycles Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. invited people to ranch. But obviously, my desire was to do something with the arts. And Mm -hmm. so when I graduated from high school, I went to Ringling School of Arts.
1: In Sarasota, In Sarasota,
2: Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was, uh, even back then, one of the top art schools in the United States Mm -hmm. and even more so now. Mm -hmm. And so I got a foundation Mm -hmm. in the arts. Mm -hmm. But... um, That wasn't uh, where God wanted me to wind up. Mm -hmm. And so after uh, getting out of uh, Ringling, Mm -hmm. then I went to Florida Bible College Mm -hmm. and wound up managing to squeeze four years into five. (laughs) And uh, spent a good deal of time there learning the Bible and learning how to share it and having uh, just an incredible time there.
1: To spend those four or five years at Florida Bible College, something had to hook you to keep you there that kept you interested because it was a little bit away from your, your past, you know, growing up in an artist family and then going to art school for a while. Now you're just studying the Bible. What about your experience at Florida Bible College that made it so intriguing and captivating for you? Uh,
2: well, I, I think early on, I, I figured out that, um, that there was a niche mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And that at the time the Bible college had a little a little newsletter that went out, mm-hmm. but that was it. Mm-hmm. They printed a whole lot of tracks, they haven't tracked, yes. but it was kind of old and outdated. Mm-hmm. And their newsletter was kind of old-fashioned mm-hmm. even back then. Mm-hmm. And so I just jumped right in with both feet and started designing logos and I started doing newsletters. We actually produced the first full-color Christian magazine for teenagers. Hmm. It was called Uplook. I remember that, have copies and of that. Do you? Yes I, right. do. Yeah, I still got a stack of them in my drawer <laughs> there. But we had a great time uh, interviewing people and taking pictures and writing articles and putting the thing together. It was entirely done by students. Mm-hmm. And some of these students are still uh, close friends of mine today, people like Mike Otto and, um, and Dale Crawshaw and Buzz Nofol and Mike Moore, Mike Moore and uh, her painter, mm-hmm. and we would stay up till crazy hours of the night doing all this stuff mm-hmm. weren 't paid, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: but boy did we have a good time doing it
1: and they really did too. I remember those magazines, and that 's why I kept them it wasn 't just loaded with a lot of pictures or a lot of announcements about activities. it actually had stories of substance, but the artwork was so clear and crystal to us, that we were able to see it as it all fit together. But that was then, and you know, the bigger picture as I look at this, at least from my perspective is here, God then gave you the talent. You've learned some things. You came to the Bible college. You then, as you've done all of your life, you've just kind of given yourself in that area for the glory of God. Florida Bible College on the other side, they didn't have that. You know, you just mentioned that, but they did have a lot of of Bible. They had a lot of uh, educational experiences and training for you to equip you for what you're doing now.
2: You put those together. So it was really a win-win for the college and for you. It, it certainly was. And not only was it a win-win, but uh, we got a chance to be kind of on the forefront, mm-hmm. on, on the cutting edge of, of something that has um, since turned into, um, I, I think, uh, blossoming in other Christian ministries. I'm sure other people uh, saw our work and were inspired by it, encouraged uh, by it. And so um, I think it was the beginning of, of something that that began to transform visuals and art uh, for Christians.
1: Now, you finished up your education at Florida Bible College. You not only served in the area of our arts and graphics, you also taught the Bible to young people in your own Bible study that grew. You also were involved in student government. So you had some leadership training, leadership uh, gifting, that you then used to help other students grow in their leadership gifting as well. So talk to us about your student government involvement.
2: Well, early on... Um, I, I realized that, that I enjoyed uh, teaching, I enjoyed leading, I enjoyed uh, being a part of uh, decision-making. And it just so happened that my freshman year, they had uh, I think 300 students. Mm-hmm. And I decided to run for president of the freshman class. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I challenged myself to do was memorize the name of every incoming freshman. Mm-hmm. For my freshman year, and so I did that. Mm-hmm. I knew every one of the 300 incoming freshmen by name, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that was what won me the, <laughs> the, um, the position, but I wound up becoming fresh, uh, freshman class president, and and then involved in student government, um, continuing after that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, and this this was something that Florida Bible College stressed, was that every student needed to participate in some kind of ministry. That's right. And so I wound up getting involved with the Pompano Youth Ranch Mm -hmm. uh, for five years. Mm -hmm. I was involved on staff uh, when Mike Otto had it and then wound up taking it over and then running Pompano Youth Ranch for four years. Uh, One of the fun notes about it was that uh, this young girl, unchurched, Mm -hmm. came to the ranch, Mm -hmm. came to know Christ, Um, when i was getting ready to leave we got a bunch of people together and all went down the keys and i baptized a bunch of them Mm -hmm. and this young girl was one of the ones that i baptized um, and now i'm married to her
1: can you imagine that
2: so that was uh, that is an an
1: interesting sideline that is now when you're at florida bible college you really got a good underpinning of not only the bible but doctrine theology but also practical ministry experience as well as practical ministry training and now you're doing something that's a little bit different. You're not in a formal, we might say, pastorate role or a, a particular role as a, a missionary, like we would think in Africa somewhere. But nonetheless, you still are on the cutting edge using the talent that God's given to you to do what we call sand stories and sand art. Would you like to tell us uh, after you've left of Bible College, I know you've done some ministry, but then when did it really start opening up that you are now sensing God is wanting you to use this talent to further his name? Tell us about that part of your life. Well, there is a little interim there mm-hmm.
2: of, of almost twenty years. That's a big <laughs> interim, yeah. So he was preparing
1: <clears throat> you in those twenty
2: years. Where, where I wound up going into advertising, mm-hmm. and part of it was that I was I was still trying to hammer out uh, my walk mm-hmm. with Christ mm-hmm. and and learning how to um, really allow Him uh, to be uh, the the director, the um, the leader of my life, mm-hmm. and so advertising for eighteen years was a good place to learn that because advertising is a very challenging career, mm-hmm. and so it was it was very difficult as an artist and a creative mm-hmm. to start learning the disciplines mm-hmm. that I really didn't have disciplines like being on time, how to balance <laughs> a checkbook, um, how to handle. Um, commitments, mm-hmm. uh, following through on my word. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really good time. But after 18 years, um, my first wife, uh, Mary Bush, mm-hmm. uh, had been diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. and she passed away.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And so I really rethought it all. I had to go back to uh, the Lord and say, Lord, okay, I've done 18 years of designing brochures of industrial widgets and, mm-hmm. and um, stuff like that. And so I wound up selling my business, Mm -hmm. and I went back to school. Mm -hmm. I went to seminary Mm -hmm. at Asbury Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And there, um, then realized that I'd like to take a shot at pastoring. Okay. So um, I connected with this young girl that I'd led to the Lord way back in Yeah. Cindy and I, we hadn't seen each other for 25 years. My goodness. And uh, so we got together, and we just... We really clicked. The Lord was in the middle of it all. Mm-hmm. And so we wound up getting married and then we pastored a church. Mm-hmm. So for five years, I pastored a church in Richmond, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a wonderful experience. I mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed it. But it was um, during that time that I realized I wanted to use all of my art experience
0: mm-hmm.
2: in being able to share the good news with people. Mm-hmm so about every fifth sunday mm-hmm. i would do some kind of artwork what type of artwork would you do then well i started out with what i knew mm-hmm. as a commercial artist um, you have magic markers sure so i did magic marker talks mm-hmm. and uh, my first drawing was a drawing of the face of christ mm-hmm. and there's an interesting story there about how god used it mm-hmm. but then i used chalks mm-hmm. like the man that had shared the gospel mm-hmm. with me i used paint mm-hmm. i used spray cans mm-hmm. i used clay i used wood i used It just, it went on for five years. Mm -hmm. And after about four and a half years, I was running out of ideas. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Easter was coming up. I wanted to do something new for the Easter story. And so i trying to come up with an idea. I was at a hardware store Mm -hmm. where Cindy had sent me to get some mulch for the garden. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I walked down the aisle where they had bags of sand. One of the bags had ripped open and spilled out on the floor and people had scuffed through it. As an artist, you see images everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I was dragging my toe through the sand thinking, eh, you know, maybe I can do something with this. Mm-hmm. So I got home with a mulch, but I also had a sack full of sand and a kitchen light <laughs> fixture and some table legs. Mm-hmm. And I cobbled this thing in, together in my garage and mm-hmm. got a little handy cam and duct taped it to the top, mm-hmm. plugged it into my TV set, and the images started coming together. I remember
1: at a Florida Bible College reunion a number of years ago that you were introduced to come on up and share your testimony but that they kept it a surprise from pretty much everyone that you are going to do something that we haven't seen before that would be absolutely so inspiring so carol and i obviously have always respected and honored you because we knew that every time you got up in front of a crowd you always said something in a way that was very compassionate and gracious but added value to the listener so i was wondering where is this thing going to go and i did see this kind of contraption up there and then they said a little bit about sand art and i don't know that i'd ever seen it before couldn't really recall but i remember that the backdrop the lights went down the light over the sand table that you had that glass table and then a wonderful song was played in the background and then you very carefully not dramatically but yet with style you then drew this wonderful picture The people were in absolute awe of that. And I know that Carol and I, for two people, were very much inspired by that. But I could believe that everyone else was as well, especially because they've known most of your journey. And then they've seen how you've done that particular sand art. Now you've done those sand art and sand stories. Lots of different places. Where are some of the places that the Lord has opened up an opportunity for you to do some of that sand art, but also to very carefully share the message with it in a non-forceful way, but yet a clear way? Would Mm -hmm. you like to share some of the places that the Lord has
2: opened up? Yeah, that's been one of the interesting things because the thing I discovered immediately when I started doing the sand stories Mm -hmm. was that you could tell a story. Mm -hmm. Everything else had been static. It's uh, you start it, people figure out pretty quick what you're doing, and then you end it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then you walk off. Mm-hmm. The sand art, you could morph one image into the next. Mm-hmm. And so you could tell a story. And so I started telling stories that um, some of my clips wound, on, wound up on YouTube, and the phone started ringing. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in uh, 47 states and um, 28 foreign countries. Mm-hmm. Been on every continent, gotten the Mm -hmm. chance to perform with uh, four living presidents, uh, Mm -hmm. the king of Saudi Arabia, uh, CEOs and and places all over the world. But the fascinating thing, and it took me a while to figure it out, was that I could tell a Bible story
1: Mm -hmm.
2: in a place where they would never invite me in as a missionary or a pastor or a Christian speaker. But I could tell the story of Jesus and it was just art. Mm -hmm. And so it went over great. Mm -hmm. And so I've gotten a chance to perform some of these stories in places like um, IIT, the India Institute of Technology, which Mm is kind of like MIT, except much harder to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, They have 30,000 applicants for every Mm -hmm. slot. Mm -hmm. And they invited me over for this uh, art and technology event. Mm -hmm. 8,000 students. Mm -hmm. We had to do it twice because they couldn't get them all into the auditorium with a Mm -hmm. 4,000 seat auditorium. Mm -hmm. And I performed um, the, uh, the story of the, the sacrifice, the death, and the resurrection of Christ mm-hmm. for these students.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they got it. Mm-hmm. They understood mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Majority Hindu, mm-hmm. large population of Muslim, and a small smattering of Christians.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But they still understood it enough so that they gave me a standing ovation at the end. It's amazing because people today they
1: hear the story of Jesus and for them it may be more of a historical story of Jesus of a historical Christ and they don't necessarily see him as the living son of god but yet when Joe does his we may call it performance we may call it demonstration he is very careful to make sure the pictures are honoring to the Lord that they are what they should be in any part of that story. And yet he's also very careful to share the message of Christ. And, you know, God knows those who will be his. And in the message and the process of all of that, many of them are now either coming to faith Or they're now really seriously asking the kind of questions that eventually will bring them to faith alone in Jesus Christ. Now, some of you are now scratching your head and you're probably thinking, I know this guy from somewhere. I think I've seen him somewhere. I recognize his voice and the way he looks. And you probably are right if you have watched America's Got Talent. For he then was asked to be on the program and up through the competition. And then toward the end, he actually came in number two for the entire season Of America's Got Talent. But the interesting part about it is he didn't sing. He didn't dance. He didn't do bizarre things. All he did was with wonderful music in the background. A light then showing the sand art that he did a story that was in the sand, but also carefully selected and shared And then an answer to the judges questions. And so you might remember him from that. Well, we're going to have him share how he got on that program before we end our program today. So Joe, this is Joe Castillo. Tell us a little bit about America's got talent for those that are into that.
2: All right. Well, uh, first of all, I really had no idea that the show had such an impact. Mm -hmm. I I had no idea that during the summer, during their live uh, shows, they get uh, 13, 14 million viewers. Mm -hmm. Um, When I did find that out, it, it, it created a good deal of pressure, you know, to think you're going to be in front of that many people, but they were the ones that called me. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't go stand in line. I really wasn't interested in being on television that much Mm -hmm. or being a celebrity, Mm -hmm. but they called three years in a row. Mm -hmm. And the third year, my wife who's the brighter one of the two finally said, "Hun, why don't you just go try out? What do you Mm -hmm. got to lose? Mm -hmm. So I went down to Austin, Texas Mm -hmm. and tried out before the judges. Now the three judges that summer were Howie Mandel, Sharon Osborne and Howard Stern. Mm -hmm. I really didn't think it would go anywhere Mm -hmm. because one of the other challenges was they only give you 90 seconds. Mm. And so I had, I was doing sand stories that were 20 minutes long and they wanted me to tell a story in 90 seconds. And so this was just, I mean, it was just a real pressure cooker mm-hmm. to do it in 90 seconds, to do it on stage in front of a live audience with about 2000 people. And then to know that it was being broadcast to 13 million people around the world. And the only sand story at that point that I could condense to 90 seconds was God Bless the USA by Lee Greenwood. Mm -hmm. I knew that wasn't going to go over because Howie Mandel, he's Canadian, Mm -hmm. Sharon Osbourne, she's British, (laughs) and Howard Stern. You know, I was going to do God Bless the USA, and I didn't even know if he believed in God or not. So, But I went ahead and did it. They passed me on, and I wound up going all the way to the finals.
1: Well, I remember watching you, and I know how very graciously and carefully that you responded to their questions. And while you didn't get number one according to them and maybe some of the votes, I believe with all of my heart, because you honored God, you're number one with him. Well, folks, I'm so glad that you could be with us today, but I imagine you'd like to know more about Joe Castillo. And he has a wonderful website with a lot of information and a way that you might be able to contact him if you have a particular ministry or opportunity that you want him to do a demonstration. And he could give you information about that. So, Joe, would you share with us how that people can find you and know a little bit more about you than the time we have
2: here today? Would you share with them that? Sure. Um, my website, uh, obviously, is sandstory, all one dot com. And that came about because that's what I do is tell stories. Or my name, joecastillo.com. But one of the other things that came along as kind of a sidelight is the fact that I could not only tell a story, but I could tell any kind of story that um somebody wanted me to tell and so i got contacted one day by a woman uh, named susan mboya who's the head of coca-cola charities for all of africa Mm. and she wanted me to come and tell the story of her and her soon-to-be husband at their wedding (laughs) in nairobi kenya Mm -hmm. i wasn't able to go so i did a video sent them the video they were thrilled with the video but about six months later they contacted me And wanted me to come to Nairobi to do the 50th anniversary for the country of Kenya. Mm. And so I put together a custom story um, for this anniversary banquet where they had dignitaries from all over Kenya and all over Africa uh, to be able to tell that story. And so that's just some of the stories that I've gotten a chance to tell. Um, I've done a lot with uh, ESPN and and, uh, sports stories. I've done corporate stories, all sorts of things like that. Um, But the stories, obviously, that I really love to tell are the stories of Jesus, the Bible stories.
1: And those are the ones that have the most eternal, profound effect. Well, I want to thank you for watching our video, and those of you that are listening on our podcast or radio, thank you for being with us. Our guest today was Joe Castillo, and if you'd like to know more about his sand story, you can just go to sandstory.com. I urge you to do that. I'm so grateful for Joe and his testimony as a graduate of Florida Bible College, standing strong and lasting long for the Lord. If you'd like to know more about Florida Bible College, why don't you contact us at floridabiblecollege.com. Let me also invite you to be back with us tomorrow because we're going to show you a second phase of the testimony of Joe Castillo. There's so much more behind his sand story that I want you to hear, especially as we're sensing what God is doing in the future in his ministry as well. So thanks for being with us for Make It Clear.